part of blindsidepods.com. An activist has dominated Kirk Minahan's career since 2007, and he dominates this week in news. A psychopath wakes up every single day trying to ruin your life. What he is is a stalker. He's a cyber stalker. Week one villain Mayor Joe is back in the headlines. Then prank calls and the bitching stops here. Do you understand why people may think that? I'm sorry. Can you just repeat the last uh, few words? Think that? This is the Metafan Show Week in Review for the week ending October 25th, 2019. I'm DEC. Any other week, the lawsuit brought by Joe Curtitone of Somerville would lead the news. However, the continuing antics of self-proclaimed activist Bob Murchison of Sherborne, Massachusetts, grabbed the lead. It started out because five years ago, four or five years ago, Jerry and I did a segment where we talked about a f- parent parents who were going to allow their kid to change their gender, we thought surgically. Uh, and I think that's ridiculous. I still do, of course. Anybody with a brain in their head thinks that's ridiculous for a, a kid that age to do it. I think a five-year-old. Uh, and Murchison just started doing what he does. And he's done it in the past, whether it's going after you know town meeting members or trying to attack people who live next door to him for building you know uh, ramps and, and, and um, you know for handicap. It's just what he does. He just goes after people relentlessly. Uh, and for some reason, people have allowed him to do it. And um, even I, in my own way, would work, in my old job, would not mention them. And even here at the beginning, I said, don't mention them. I, that's over. Like, we're, I am not going to stop here until one of us is done. I'm done doing this or he's done doing it. So, you know, he did something that I can't, <laughs> I'll get to, I can't even get into what he did uh, in the last week or so. I really can't. I'll just say it is, even by his standards, unbelievably low and has nothing to really do with anything that uh, anything that he claims to be going after. Um, and I would say to him, you know, what I would always say to him, what what do you want? What is your point? Minahan created shockwaves on Saturday with a tweet that said, quote, just when you think Murchison isn't capable of reaching a new low, he pulls it off. I'm going to have to deal with this asshole for the rest of my professional life. And why? For what? I've had my parents die, been pushed to the brink of suicide, left my job, and he just keeps going. End quote. Menahan said that he's done, and now it's a battle of attrition. He could choose, I guess, to do whatever he wants and go after whoever he wants in people's lives. Um, I'll just say that it's not, it's, we're now done with this sort of, hey, What's it going to take for him? We're done. It's either going to be me leaving, me getting out of the business, or him stopping one way or another. That's it. Because when you go past me and go into other stuff, um, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, a sign of these, a sign of these lost his mind, a sign that he's losing the battle, and a sign that he's getting sloppy. Menahan decided to fight fire with fire and encourage those who support the show to use the same tactics politely calling those associated with Bob Murchison to let them know how he has behaved. Let the people who do business with this man, if you want to, and the, the committees he's on, that you know, I know, for example, like Commonwealth School in Boston, he's on their board, right? Are they comfortable with having someone on their board who harasses people who are mentally ill? A stalker. Ill? Yeah, a stalker. Are they happy with people who go after women like he does with Erica Nardini or, or shame women who, you know, on social media? If they are, fine. We just want you to know. 
And then I'm going to do what he does every single day. Just check in again. Hey, just so you know, uh, you know, you're comfortable with this. Your colleague is still stalking me. Yeah. If you're okay with that, that's fine. And maybe they will be. And maybe they will be their version of Milton's. And they'll say, we don't care. Okay, fine. Just wanted to let you know. Uh, because, you know, that, that would be my advice. I don't, nothing personal. Stay the fuck away from the guy. No cheap shots. Be no respectful. Nothing. Be respectful. You don't have to go after uh, uh, anybody in his family, anybody in his life. You can't, if, I mean, you know, to me, Gabe Murchison is absolutely a fair target of this kind of stuff I'm talking about with Bob. Fair, sober, just breaking stuff down. We will have much, much more on the Murchison story on this program. But first, the other lead story. Kurt Tony is a phony. Kurt Tony is a phony. Kurt Menahan attended court on Thursday, supported by a legion of Mena fans and also Rich Kelleher. Menahan and Barstool were sued in June, alleging that Menahan taped Kurt Tone without his permission, posing as intrepid reporter Kevin Cullen. Menahan and Barstool stated that Kurt Tone gave his permission on the recording and that there was no damage done to the sitting Somerville mayor. What both sides could agree was that the loquacious Mike Portnoy, the father of David Portnoy, and the host of the Cousins on Sirius XM Radio, offered nothing to the proceedings. Amazingly, didn't say a word. The opposing lawyer uh, starts talking about how the Portnoy name is like racist and all this stuff, and Mike's sitting there with his fucking like hand in his ass, just sitting there watching the proceedings. I'm like, where's the guy that never shuts up? On Friday's show, former Somerville police officer Joe McCain dished dirt on the town's mayor. McCain alleges that he lost his job after bringing to light allegations that Curtitone's cousin Alex Capobianco was dealing drugs and was an addict. McCain outlined the story in '03. I end up standing over the body of a, of a dead kid whose uh, Alex had been dealing with, getting drugs from, and, you know, in that business with. And I find a cell phone in the home. And on that cell phone is the, the, the kid that's dead, deceased, had the wherewithal and, and didn't trust Alex. So he re was recording phone conversations between himself and Alex. I spoke with numerous people who said, kid that died, and I'm not going to mention his name, kid that was just recording Alex because he didn't trust him. McCain made two complaints against Capo Bianco and outlined why he thinks he was fired. You ask me, why was I pushed off the force? I was pushed off the force because Danny Cotter, who was in charge of internal affairs, mm -hmm. the day that I met with John Verner and Captain John Irwin of the state police at the Galleria Mall, I said to them when we sat down and I put a, put a box of evidence on a table and I said, I have one request. Please, I said, do not tell Mayor Joker to tone that I am giving evidence in a criminal investigation against his cousin Alex for the second time. And Danny Carter looked at me, he sat beside me, and he said, oh, well, we told them this morning, Joe. And I said, are you serious, Danny? I said, what business does the sitting mayor have to know about an ongoing, we're trying to run a criminal investigation against his cousin? What business is it of his? And he had no answer for me. And I looked at Irwin and I looked at uh, Werner and I said, I'll be looking for work in six months. Right. I said, Joe won't stand for this, that I'm doing this, that, this, that I'm doing this again. 
and I was right. Kirk Menahan has demanded satisfaction, and what would satisfy him is prank phone calls in 50 states by October 31st. If you missed the show this week, it's a great time to lighten things up and go over the best of the best. The first is to a gardening show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. I'm uh, as a huge Minifan. I'm I'm really excited to uh, to be talking to you. Wow, good for you. I'm so glad you're talking to me. Thank you. Okay, well, so on. I... Hold on. Why, why would... Not, not a question, not a single... <laughs> Again, this goes this goes under the, like, so excited to get a phone call. Yeah. Like, as a huge Minifan. Sure, you're a Minifan, whatever. What you, <laughs> I'm so excited. Let's chat. Is a gardening host in Georgia? Yes. Okay, and he expected the calls from the Minifans, I guess. A little problem here. My boyfriend, Steve... Um, a little backstory. He tends to tell lies every so often. <laughs> he also is the type who just, you know, whenever we go somewhere, he has to take his shirt off. It's kind of annoying. It's a gardening and, show. Um, basically, he's just a little bit of a laughing. doucher. Uh, so what happened here was? What did you say there? Like he's just a little bit of a doucher. So what happened here was our wireless company offered him, because we're really loyal um, customers, they offered him a free dozen roses, and he decided to send them to Rich Keller, her sister, instead of me. No. Yeah, and like I've heard she's really attractive. I don't know. It's kind of upsetting. Yeah, of course. It feels, it's well, I don't know, it feels like I'm being invited to my own funeral. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just over here, like do do do. I really course. like roses. Yeah. Oh, so it ties in the roses for the gardening. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Stella, I can't advise very well on the relationship advice, but I can tell you how to grow roses. Oh, <laughs> good. Rose. Next, we head out to Montana. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, welcome Ooh, back magic. to Talkback, like 721 is our number. Uh, in the studio with us, Nicole Mitchell with the flagship program, and let's go right to the phone and say good morning to Tim. Tim, good morning, and thank you for calling Talkback. How are you? Great. I'm calling from Boston, but soon to be in the next couple of years a Missoula resident. Well, Very happy about it. I will tell you this. I do some commercials for Salem radio stations in Boston. Oh. <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? But anyway, uh, yeah, so, so well, I understand your, your son's going to play football for the Grizz, is that right? Oh, he is, okay. I mean, it's a great story. You know, when I was young at, at Bentley College out here in the East, <laughs> I met somebody, and, you know, lo and behold, do 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 uh, years later, I found out that it was a young little Mike Violet in my life, and things couldn't have been better, though. So, I mean, thanks to charities like out here, oh, I've worked with work the KMS Discord, the Minahane Reddit, <laughs> and they really is uh, outstanding football player. He has been, he's committed, he's a, a long snapper for the Grizz. Right. Believe it or not, his nickname is actually uh, Chris Painter from when he was little. Uh, because <laughs> hold he on. paint the corner so well. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Why, hold on. why, why, why no, is his name Chris the Painter? He just explained it. He's oh. Chris the Painter because he can paint the corner so well. But he's well. a young Mike Violet, though. Yes. But his, his nickname was a different first name. His name Chris the Painter. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just call him the Painter? I think, he was, I think like, he was metaphorically comparing <laughs> him to Mike Violet. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, because he could paint the corner so well, but he turned to football. Tina, I don't know if he's ready for the cold, even though we get it cold out here. Uh, he's always wearing a hat in the house, <laughs> even though I try to keep that temperature at the Goldilocks range. You know, right in the 
Oh, God, this is great. Hey, listen, I tell you what. One thing I have a question about for Nicole, well, for Nicole, but in general, he is a huge fan of Albanian food. And I've been Googling to see if there's any restaurants. Didn't know if either of you have ever heard of. There might be a niche yeah, opportunity yeah. for you to open one. Yeah. Tim. yeah. <laughs> I love I this host. This guy's crazy. Oh, maybe tell you what, Tim. I, an album, eh? I need you to do. I need you to do me a favor, okay? I, yeah. I, I have a hard break here in about thirty seconds, but I really want you. Can you stay on the line with us as we go oh to the next hour? Kirk Menahan even tried to get into the action, tag teaming with Blind Mike to prank a show. Let's check in with Steve. Uh, hey, Steve, what's happening? Hola, what's going on? How you doing, big guy? Good. Not. I'm not doing too bad. So I, I actually am doing something interesting here. I have a two people on right now. I'm for Pompeo, and, and my buddy Lloyd is against it right now. So we both want to weigh in. Lloyd, you go first. Oh, hey, wow. I uh, <laughs> this Pompeo thing. I mean, I think it's going to turn into a pumpkin. I don't think it's. I, I'm anti Pompeo, and I'm 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 really just uh, anti Steve Robinson and all things that go into that. <laughs> just hang up. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Be <laughs> Halloween to those jack wagons. Oh, Until you started laughing, we could have had him. <laughs> if it wasn't clear to people, I don't have any idea what that topic is. <laughs> A topical prank went out based on Menahan's controversial weekend. Gabe, good morning. Hi, Gary. Thank you very much for taking my call. <laughs> Thanks, Gabe. Uh, so I'm actually in town with my dad, Bob. We uh, took a transatlantic flight from Boston for the big Nebraska uh, hold game. Hold on. Hold on. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> What's the matter? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It's just a guy calling in to a Nebraska show. He flew, he flew his My dad, dad from, uh, okay. graduated a Husker, so we make the trek out That's every year impression. in our Suburban, and we'll just drive around and see the country, but <laughs> enough about me. Awesome. Enough I just about wanted me. to know, okay. are you guys worried about this Indiana defense? They have this defender, oh. I think uh, Roman's his name, and he's been swiping up a storm on the defensive end. <laughs> what do the Huskers need to do to contain what was his him? What his name? Roman. Oh. running game? Uh, Gabe, welcome. Thanks for the uh, phone call. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, got to be able to run the ball. Well, obviously. Inside zone. Clearly. Showrunner Steve Robinson took Delaware off the board himself. You are live you on WGMD at 325. Who's this? Uh, uh, hola, this is Mike. Can you hear me? Mike, how are you doing? Hey. And uh, where are you calling from? I, I'm actually calling from, uh, well, I live in Massachusetts, but this is my first time in Delaware. All I actually, right. I'm down here doing a little bit of research for a book I'm not writing. And okay. I'm happy to discover a uh, <laughs> That's good. In what could be the best prank call of all 50, Matt and Providence struck again in his own neighborhood. All right, so Matt in Providence uh, does a little DJ dedication. He's a guest DJ picking three <laughs> songs to play. It's unbelievable. We're giving away tickets to Straight No Chaser at Mohegan in December. Matt from Woonsocket on the line, and he chose to hear Bruce Springsteen today for a very uh -huh. special reason. Matt, explain why. He's crazy. So the reason I'm choosing Bruce Springsteen is because my, my aunt Charlie, she's currently in hospice care after a long bout oh, of lung cancer. And, um, you know, I love you, Auntie. Pretty soon you won't have to wear that winter hat inside anymore. I know you've already seen him in concert 66 times, and I'm hoping this dedication will be almost as good as number 
number 67 would have been. I love you. <laughs> that was so sweet. So, so sweet. Is this your mom's it's sister? Poor. It is. My so you said earlier when we were talking off the air that you have an inside joke with your aunt. Just the whole, you know, she's not going to have to wear her winter hat inside anymore. That's kind of one of her big things, you know. Ever since the chemo, she's been cold all the time, and she always likes to joke about how she hates wearing a hat inside. You had mentioned before that your aunt loves to hang out and listen to Light Rock 105 all day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This can't be real. Yeah. This is the, the, we the, mentioned before. Did Matt, did Matt hire this woman? Like, this is a, a production? Oh, well, you're going to find it... <laughs> Hold, it, hold on. It, it, Buckle up. This is, I, this, I just is seriously, gonna, this is seriously unbelievable. Matt, I, just got a, I just got a cryptic note from Matt. He was like, you might want to be listening to this station at noon. <laughs> Matt Matt might be the best. This is this is unbelievable. All right. is, it gets better? Yeah. Uh, yes. Right. Right, go a lot? I go see her uh, just about every day if I can, you know, when I'm on my break. So I'll head over there if I can and hang out with her for about an hour or two. Well, I think you are a very sweet nephew to be doing this for her. Here he is. It's Bruce Springsteen off the album Born in the USA from 1984. It's Dancing in the Dark on Light Rock 105. Matt from Winsocket is the guest DJ on You're the DJ Triple Play on Light Rock 105. Bruce Springsteen is the artist we're playing three times in a row for Matt's Aunt Shirley, who <laughs> listens every single day. And you wanted to dedicate this I to her. I love this show. I gotta, gotta love this show. She has had a long bout with lung cancer, and she's always wanted to hear herself or her name on the radio. Definitely getting that done today. Now, growing up, I've had a lot of aunties, and those aunties let me do things and took me to places that my mom would never have done. Can you relate? She actually always used to take me around for rides in her Suburban. And I would sit all the way in the third the third row seating with the back door open, oh. going, driving around parking lots. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> pretty dangerous. Yeah. What? I love it. Yes. I had the uh, the same kind of situation. And now... What? Maybe there is. I don't think there's any way you had the same kind of situation. <laughs> maybe she's the biggest fan maybe. going. Maybe. <laughs> Sister is like that with my own kids. I'm like, Leah, they need to be in booster seats. That's funny. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. You're the guest DJ. Let's show off for Aunt Shirley a little bit, okay? I'm handing over the mic Ooh, to you, Matt. Post? Go ahead. Hi, yeah. this is Matt from Woonsocket, and I'm your guest DJ today. Here's Bruce Springsteen for Auntie Shirley on Light Rock 105. He's, uh, he that's, missed an opportunity on that one. What, what do you do? He could have thrown in, like, uh, any further to the right, I'd be in your glove box, that's something true, like that. That's true. The station that reaches the beach. But, I mean, we are really. You're nitpicking there. But, yeah, right. That's exactly. Like, he did, that is, he did, that he did is switch exactly. from auntie to auntie. Aunt, he did. He did. He went oh, from auntie to auntie. Yes, he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Matt, I think that's, that's the best. That's the best call yet. Turning back to the Murchison story, Menahan decided to change tactics and make his own phone calls to entities who are in business with the Sherborne activist. First up was the Commonwealth School a place of education the Murchison family supports. <laughs> the Pinda fans have done exactly what I thought they would do. Uh, they have been, I think, by and large, pretty classy outfit. Very respectful. Far more classy yes. and respectful yes. than the other side in this war, and it is a war, um, to the point where I know the Commonwealth School is begging for mercy, literally begging for mercy. Well, I spoke to them a couple times, and yeah. they seemed like, this again. Let's call that. I called fairly early. Let's call Allison Hoffman Murchison, Commonwealth graduate and parent. So I spoke to the headmaster yesterday. Remember that phone call I was talking about during the show, Steve? Yes. That was him. Bill Warden. So he called me and I, I, I called him on Friday and left him a message and said, hey, just, oh, okay. so, you, just so you know. I was going to say, why would he be calling you during the uh, show? You know, the thunder and lightning is on its way, basically. You know, enjoy what's going to be a difficult few days for you. 
he calls and and he said, uh, you know, whatever. This is Bill Wharton, the, the Commonwealth School. I said, oh, how, how you doing? He said, I would have really appreciated uh, a heads up about some of these emails I was going to get. And I, I thought said, that's what you did. Oh, that's what I said. I said, well, the message sort of, you know, said that. And I said, I certainly appreciate the irony of you uh, expecting <laughs> heads up on emails. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I said, so you work, you, Bob Murchison's on your board. He's an asshole. I hate his guts. He's the worst person in the world. And he said, well, you know, I disagree. And I said, I, and he said, I know where your stance is on transgender issue. Oh, I said, okay. I, said, I would assume right. he doesn't know. So, so then we know how this said, conversation said, is going to go. I said, oh, you do? Okay, yeah. well, that's interesting. Tell me about it. He wouldn't say anything. And he said, you know, I, he said, and the truth is, given the state that we're in, the Massachusetts and the leanings of the state politically, I think you're going to find that more people are going to take our side in this battle over your side. And I said, well, all right, we'll see where it goes. We'll see where it goes. But there's no side in the issue. There's no. Well, well no, I know. But he's, but he's, I'm sure Murchison has given that school a lot of money or yeah. whatever. And so he's decided to side with that. And that's fine. And I would encourage uh, the Mena fans not to stop with the Commonwealth School. That's what that's no, saying. Be, that's... Be, be appropriate. You know, don't, there's no reason to take, no, we have, we have the truth on our side. Continue just to, to, you know, whatever the word you want to use. Yeah. Does the uh, Commonwealth School support bullying? Yeah. Does it support bullying? Does it support going after, you know, uh, women like Erica? Does it support the words they use on Twitter? Does it support cyber stalking? If they do, fine. Why'd you do it? He's a bitch. You can't just throw beer at people in my in my station. You understand what I'm saying? I understand. Do you want to keep coming here, Jeff? Don't you understand that? <laughs> yeah. Do you want to be allowed to come here? Yeah. I know I can't throw a beer, but he's a bitch. Don't you understand? The headphones that? are on his hat. <laughs> Don't you understand? Representative Dan Hunt of Dorchester, Massachusetts, filed a bill this week in the Mass General Court that would outlaw the use of the word bitch with a fine and up to six months in prison. This bill was filed on behalf of a constituent, Takia White, who joined the Kirk Menahan show on Wednesday to discuss why this issue was so important. I think the word bitch is a word that has so much power particularly in today's culture and entertainment, in our everyday communities. Uh, and in a lot of cases, it can lead to a direct physical assault. Menahan followed up with a question about where this law would go and the slippery slope it could take us to. In your mind, let's say, you know, you, this gets, this, this bill goes through and somebody's shooting a movie in Massachusetts and somebody in the movie calls somebody a bitch. I mean, should that be outlawed? I believe so. White stood by the proposed law and said there should be consequences of using the B word, including up to jail time. In your mind, if I called somebody a bitch three times, like you think I should go to jail for that? I mean, I certainly think that there should be some ramifications, some legal ramifications. And you think somebody should be imprisoned for that? Uh, it depends on uh, well, that's what, what will the circumstances happen. of what happens. Well, okay, give me give me a circumstance in which somebody should go to prison for using that word. Well, when they use that word, and mm -hmm. like I said, the situation escalates into a physical altercation. Well, that's different, but that's different. But that's different, but that's not the word. So you're saying you're saying I call Mike a bitch, and then he gets mad at me, and then he, I punch him or shoot. Well, it's, but the word is not the reason for the individual action of the person. I, I, well, that's not necessarily true. Tom Brady received some criticism over the weekend for a cameo 
on a Netflix show that seemed to show a similar situation to the one where Patriots team owner Robert Kraft was pinched earlier in the year. Producer Steve Robinson weighed in on the situation. Even if he did know what it was, and it was a it was a joke at Kraft's expense. So what? So, yeah, exactly. So, so what? It was fucking funny. Right. That's the other thing. I mean, so, uh, that's exactly right. If Brady said, yeah, you know what? I thought it was kind of funny. Then yeah. what? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Bob, Bob got an HJ <laughs> at a smile. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. Right. Get it? An HJ? Yeah. You can just say what it is on this show. A hand job. Okay, there you go, Mike. Uh, Steve, I mean, I want to get you the Goldilocks situation. During the What Are You Doing segment on a previous episode, Kirk talked to a childhood friend about the whereabouts of Matt Fuller, who had disappeared over the years. This week, Fuller was found. You, Friday, sent me the... Uh, I called him. You called him. And he called, he called me back. Right, so you left me the vo- you voicemail, and then I lunched with some people from high school, actually, ironically, that day, and no, no, nobody was sure it was him. I thought it was. Somebody else didn't. Somebody did. I sent the message to a couple of other friends. They thought it might have been him. It was him, as it turned out. Uh, so I sent the text out and uh, and then got just sort of, you know, I, I remembered. Well, initially, he was frosty because the message, he, he said he was busy and he yeah. just wanted to do it by text with me. So I right. said, a little I, wary, I, I, perhaps. I, mm-hmm. I explained what was going on and he said, you know, that something dark happened in our town and Kirk has a temper. And so I don't think that I'll be coming on the show. That's all true. Something dark happened, and we went over it. He so he didn't hear that. I think he's heard that subsequently. So uh, <clears throat> I had forgotten that he was verbose, uh, not speaking, but in terms of his texting or back then emailing. You know, was sort of you know, uh, it become more like that as he gotten older. So he's also a writer like you, <clears throat> a different way. Yeah. So we went back and forth. Friday night, a little bit on text. And I was like, look, I was really like, I don't really care if you come on the show or not come on the show. I hope you do. If you don't, that's fine too. But I actually want to sort of see if we could be friends again. We were best friends for a long time. We've known each other for a long time. Mm. I've been through a lot. He was very close to my parents, you know, and he didn't even know they had passed. He'd fallen that far out of the world. Right. I was like, I just kind of want to see if we can get somewhere, you know, just be friends again. I don't know. I just want to be friends with the guy. We went back and forth. And then Saturday morning, I got a bunch of messages. I think it's oh, Sunday. I'm sorry. I got a bunch of messages from him. And I forgot how religious he was, too. And that's an issue with me. But we can get into I'm, I'm open to anything. We have a conversation. I'll just read you one of the texts. And he says he's going to come on tomorrow. So here's the text he sent me. Hi, Kirk. It's Matt. Listen to your podcast today. Pretty funny. I enjoyed it. Okay. So you're doing a bit about how you're trying to find me, but off in the Midwest, right? Okay, this could be funny. Check it out. You've discovered I'm a mental health professional for the mafia, so I have to hide my location. That's funny, right? So he thinks it's going to be like a... I think he thinks it's like a radio... Yeah, yeah. Like, like we're a, a radio... We're the shows that we play. Yeah. Right. Fuller texted Menahan to give the conditions for coming on the podcast. You were talking on your show about how I'm crazy. You know what? You're right. This is true. This is the case. Yes, I'm filled with anger, hatred, and resentment. I agree I am. Maybe it's better to come out and admit it and then discuss it than covering up. So yeah, anyway, you're right. So, question mark, I'll come under the condition I can bash Winchester, Massachusetts, call it their hypocrisy. I'll do that. I'll come on your show. I don't care if you eat me alive. Uh, anyway, just let uh, just letting you know. Okay, later, man. <clears throat> How great would it be if he was like, there's just one thing he's like, and I don't know if you even want to get into it, but there's one thing. There's this guy I've been going at it with. Would you mind if I bash this guy, Bob Murchison? <laughs> <laughs> this Saturday, November 2nd at noon, John Featherston was able to pass a bill to allow a rally for healing at the Peace Abbey, 2 North Main Street, Sherborne, Mass., to bring all parties together in the Murchison saga to pray and find common ground. 
Menahan discussed the town hall meeting and discussed others affected by Murchison. Uh, this was pitched as sort of a, a, a healing between us and our opponents. Yes. Let me give you a little backstory as to Mark Oram is because he's another casualty of madness. Mm. Um, he was on the he was on the board or something in that town of Ashland, and the gentleman named Robert Murchison uh, was not happy with something he did, so he tried to make his life, his life. a living hell. And okay. guess what? He was successful. He tried to cost him his job. Turned out was wrong. Tried to do this and that ruined this guy's life for years. That's and don't want to handle your problems. <laughs> it wound up not working out for him, but you know. Mark Orm, I think, wound up having some health issues and his family had some health issues. I don't know if they're related or not, but uh, I'm sure the stress, I can tell you, can certainly eat you up. So I, I don't know. I met Mr. Orm once. We talked for a bit and he seemed uh, still rattled by the process. I mean, this was a years-long process over, I think, some zoning issue hmm, yes. that Bob didn't like. And then he accused Orm of lying and double-dipping and stealing funds or something. I'm, I'm going at this... 20% half-ass, but something like that. Mm. I mean, just total slander, par for the course. And then within that town board, Murchison basically brought somebody from out of nowhere and plucked them on the board. Right. It was Judy Margulies' lady. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like House of Cards. It is. It really is. It's so fucking crazy. I, I think it was actually in Ashland, the neighboring town, I think. I mean, we, we can tweet it out and look it up. It is total, total madness. And Featherston has got balls the size of friggin', you know, whatever. What size of what, Mike? Uh, globes. Yeah, he's got balls the size of globes. Yes. <laughs> boy, oh boy, Mike's up in the same Craig phone call no, yesterday. Really it's, it's just not recovering from balls. <laughs> John Featherston had a weekend show in Western Mass, um, and he told my story when I was Jerry's story in the middle of it. When we weren't allowed to talk about. It. He went on the air and talked about it, and uh, Murchison wound up pressuring that station. And guess what? Those pussies did there caved and took this guy off the air gone so, uh, it, it, crazy that a station in western mass oh. caved to that like, well actually why, so, why would they honestly but it's actually it makes more sense than eei cave, yeah they have no yeah. money right, right, right. Easy. I, I would just cripple you i right. will i will you know ruin your existence right i mean it's just the worst the worst human being in the world i mean honestly the worst human being in the world get an idea of what the event is. So the event would be a prayer vigil that we would invite all parties that I mentioned mm -hmm. to come together and kind of bear the hatchet. Okay. Yes, yes. Oh, I like that. Because I think it's time for everybody to move on. And we would encourage everybody to come. Uh, every every Sponsored citizen, by Roman, yeah. every demographic, all is welcome. I, as a former public... Can I say I don't want the... Every demographic. I don't want the real elderly there. They are a little creepy. <laughs> Can we go under 90? I don't like 95-year-olds. That's fair. I mean, if they have to show up, they have to. But I'm just saying. Well, I mean, we accept all kinds here. That's true. That's know? actually not. It's a, it's, a, it's a kind and warm proposal that yes. I'm open to. If everybody wants to get on board and have a conversation and move on and hold hands and pray, let's do it. I like it. Look out, Ryan Seacrest, Don Lemon, Andy Cohen, and Anderson Cooper. There's a new way to usher in 2020. Blind Mike has agreed to put aside his plans with his friends and his lovely girlfriend, Alba, to spend hours on film along with Rich Kelleher, who had no plans whatsoever. Do you have the sense this is going to be a big New Year's Eve celebration, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. So do I. I think it's going to be big. Bigger than Mike even thinks. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Big. I think there's a chance that it's so bizarre 
that it takes the world by storm. I agree. It'll I think be the strangest thing happening on New Year's Eve. I would agree. I think this would be, yes, there's any question <laughs> about that. Get your old man made an appearance this week, and producer Steve Robinson discussed another crusader for men's sexual health. On a related <laughs> note, I think we might have a uh, uh, found Getromina. You think Cynthia? No, 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 no. I'm oh. just saying. On an unrelated note. <laughs> happening what just happened he's just a fucking idiot he's, just, he's so happy he's just a good butt what are you talking about former main senatorial candidate and radio personality cynthia dill dropped the podcast this week regarding her conversation with show antagonist bob murchison and his battle against the menahan show the 13 minute podcast took a long time to get going this is keep up i'm your host cynthia dill this week's podcast is I do like called Stuck in the Middle. Uh, you, I think you're attracted to her. Bob Merchantson, like a rose between two thorns. Merchantson, she said. Basically, the story began when I asked Steve Robinson to be a guest on Inside Maine. For those Seems of you like who this don't could be summed know up a lot quicker. Minahan is. But the crew stuck with the long and meandering podcast until he hit a judgment rendered by the main legal mind. What I want to know about Bob Merchantson is um how to fucking pronounce you know, his what's name motivating him? What, what, why is he so upset that kirk minahan has this show and right. i can't help but think that it's maybe he's question. coping with his own feelings about gender and exploring hold on pause I mean, and just... pause and let's get started <laughs> that is interesting that was that was in my favorite podcast with cynthia dill <laughs> that's an interesting interesting take it's, cynthia. it's one i'll um, just say this it's one i've heard espoused really I'm not claiming who I've heard it from or right. whoever, but it's certainly one that I've considered, uh, right. thought about, and have heard several uh, people, if not dozens, espouse the same theory. In right. fact, the right. theory uh, of, of this. How, how far into this are we? I mean, Cynthia bored us for 10, <laughs> 10 minutes and 20 seconds. We're 10 minutes and 20 seconds. I knew it. Wow. How long is a podcast? Out of 13 minutes? Yes. Oh, my God. Barry in the lead. I will say this. I'm glad we stuck, I'm glad we stuck around. Yeah. The show has cast Dill as a double agent. And after this bombshell revelation and decision by Smugsy that Menahan was in the right, Menahan welcomed Dill into the world with open arms and cautioned. The main pole would likely face the consequences of her opinion. And that's that for the Menafan Show Week in Review for the week ending October 25th, 2019. We'll see you up next week at noon. For everybody at Blindside Pods, I'm DEC. It is currently twit. Uh, Jesus, Mary. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Good weekend.